0: Hello and welcome to the Bristol to Beijing podcast. I'm Luke Grenfell-Shaw and I'm cycling from Bristol to Beijing on my tandem Chris. I left Bristol in January 2020 and it's fair to say it hasn't been straightforward so far. As I continue my expedition, I want to share the journey with you. And each episode I'll be showing my thoughts and experiences from the past week on the road. And occasionally I'll also be chatting with someone who can shed some light on the Countryman Inn. I try and understand the world a little better. So, without further ado, what's happened this past week?
1: Okay, Luke, where are you right now?
0: I'm in Rize, which is on the north coast of Turkey, and I've gone all the way from Samson, cycled for five days now, solid on the bike along the north coast of the Black Sea and almost for once it feels like it's been flat that's okay. not quite true you know ukraine was flat but just very windy mm. but it's been beautiful sunny days it's bizarre because the start of the week was three days of snow and mm-hmm. a guy called Ibek joined me for a day and we were looking at when we'd set off from Samsung. and i said well i beg, on monday it's going to be sleet and rain i really don't think we should set off then that doesn't make sense However, on Tuesday, it's heavy snow and I don't mind cycling in the snow. So I think we should set off on Tuesday. That's much better than Monday.
1: Why don't you mind cycling in the snow? Surely snow is just freezing. I think maybe
0: it's because I don't mind running in the snow because you don't get wet in the snow and it's really pretty and it's a really nice environment.
1: Okay, I agree with the pretty <laughs> side. I'm not sure I agree with not getting wet in the snow because it is still frozen water.
0: It's true. I'm closer to you on this than it might seem at first, because when it came around to Tuesday morning, I couldn't see the Black Sea from where I was staying. It was about one kilometre away and it was just a whiteout. Mm. So we postponed to Thursday. And since then, it's been five days cycling on the bike. And Rize is also the capital of Turkish tea. This is like it's Ah. famed for its Turkish tea.
1: Not Turkish coffee.
0: Not Turkish coffee i haven't seen much turkish coffee here but i have seen a lot of tea shops
1: okay have you tried any of the tea in the tea shops
0: not here but i've had a load of turkish tea and one of the things that i love the process here in turkey the way they do tea that you have two teapots essentially and listeners who are turkish will, will know all of this but for british people it's absolutely fascinating you've got two teapots one on top of the other and the top one has very very concentrated Tea in it. It's got an okay. absolute ton of tea leaves and like tea leaves, no tea bags allowed here. Okay, the real deal. It is the real deal. And then the bottom teapot is just hot water. And then you put a fifth, will be this extra strong tea concentrate. And then you top it up with the rest with hot water. And it's really fragrant. It's less bitter than our classic breakfast tea. And it doesn't stew either. So it, it's very refreshing.
1: Is it drunk black or with milk?
0: You would get shot, I'm sure, if you uh, put milk with it. <laughs> no, that's not fair. You wouldn't get shot, but you'd get some very odd looks. You couldn't even make that mistake because there is no milk in these in these cafes. So.
1: Okay, okay. It's very hard to try and imagine that and reconcile that with a British cup of tea. But sounds interesting. Sounds tasty. Yeah,
0: but it is as much, or if not more, a part of Turkish culture from what I've seen than British culture. You just see it everywhere.
1: I think as long as you go into it not expecting to have a cup of tea, as we would assume to have a cup of tea, then it's probably very, very nice.
0: It is very nice.
1: On that note, what do you think about Turkish coffee? Because we were actually sent in a question this week. Uh, We're sending quite a lot of questions, but one of the questions we were sent in by Galina was asking whether you like Turkish coffee and whether you prefer Turkish coffee now.
0: I've certainly been exposed to it much more. I will come clean here. I, I do like Turkish coffee but it hasn't drawn me away permanently from the espressos that I do love.
1: Okay. We've sent a lot of questions in this week, which has been great. Some of which I'll save to ask you next week. But another one we asked about Turkey in particular was what food was your favorite whilst you're in Turkey?
0: So I've made a food discovery this past week and I was staying with this wonderful guy in Samsung called Serat and his mum Made many wonderful foods, but one of them was something called hash hashle or katma. It's got <laughs> okay, I don't know how to say it properly. It's like hash hashley, <laughs>
1: <laughs> sounds a bit like a sneeze, but okay, I'm sure that's I'm sure it's not twice. <laughs> how <laughs> you pronounce it. <laughs> but I'll take that,
0: you know, I'll take your impression of it. What does this sound like? It, it's a bread, I'll give you that mm. much. But what does that word sound like to you? Hash hashley, mm. what does it remind you of? Yeah, like hashish. And so the principal ingredient is poppy seed. I mean, beyond the flour, the flavoring is poppies. And it's like a poppy seed paste. And obviously you've got the the link with hashish, opium from poppies, Mm. etc, etc. But it's this beautiful, almost chapati like bread. It's lead and it's kind of flaky. And you bake it, it's the size of a giant's dinner plate. And, you know, you (laughs) rip it apart and you have all sorts of different things. It's fantastic. So that is my food discovery of the week. Mm. And it's specific to the northern region of Turkey, the the Black Sea region. But my favorite food probably does have to be Çi Kofta, which is boring. But I've literally, about 20 minutes ago, went into one of these Çi Kofta places And I asked for two wraps and Chi Kofta is a sort of tomato and pepper paste mixed with bulgur wheat. And it can be quite spicy and you have some cucumber. Think of it as like a vegan wrap thing. Okay. And I went there and I asked for two wraps. And then I asked for basically another quarter of a kilo of the Chi Kofta. And the guy just looked at me like, (laughs) why (laughs) are you having a party? (laughs) No, I'm just very hungry. Yeah, beard, it's just just one person.
1: Well, you have spent the day cycling. I'm sure you're very hungry at the end yeah. of the day.
0: Yeah, I was I was pretty hungry.
1: Whilst we're on theme questions, I might as well hit you with a couple more. I've also been asked by Piers and Jane, what's your most fascinating discovery about Turkey? Now, you've been in Turkey for two, two-ish months or so, so you've had mm. plenty of time to discover stuff.
0: So I kind of want to answer this question in two different ways. And I've been thinking about this one a lot. It was a fantastic question. Thank you, Jane and Piers, for asking this. One thing is what I would see as a kind of cultural discovery, and that revolves around parks. And I was fascinated to learn that what kind of counted as a park in Turkey was essentially a place where you could have a picnic. Mm -hmm. So there would need to be a bit of grass, a few trees, and a bench or a table so this was just such a funny thing because the conversation started when I was in Ankara and I was asking people you know where's the nearest park I want to go for a run Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and they were like oh well there's one just next to your house and I was like is there did I see it and then we got there and they're like yeah there's the park and it was this like 20 meter square patch of trees and I was like nah, mate that's not a park
1: yeah you get quite bored running up and down that
0: but what I think is really interesting is how we see it is, is quite different between two different cultures and I don't think it's better or worse in any way but it's really interesting to see how different people think about using a space and how they consider that space and a park from the observations and from the people I've met in Turkey seems to represent a place that you can meet be social in a more pleasant environment which isn't mm. indoors whereas in United Kingdom a park is a place where you can exercise go
1: for walks take a dog
0: yeah But often be much more insular isn't quite the right word, but doing things as a solo activity in in small groups. Mm. So the way that we treat and use these spaces and our expectations from them is quite different. And I I found that fascinating. So that's one of the things I discovered about Turkey. Mm -hmm. The other is how many more people have joined me on the tandem. I thought Turkey was going to be a washout. It's it's the country that I've been through so far that's had the strongest, strictest COVID measures.
1: So you didn't go in with high hopes or expectations?
0: No, I mean, you know, there's a weekend curfew. There's a curfew after 9pm. I don't know anyone in Turkey. I don't know any Turkish. However, actually, probably three quarters of the time, I've had someone join me on the back. And that's been predominantly Sinan, Anil and Iberg who joined this week Mm. and a few others have joined on the way as well but for shorter stints and that's just something I didn't expect at all and gives me a lot of hope moving forwards that even during a pandemic mm. there might be people who want to join on this ride and have a good time whilst doing so. So
1: why do you reckon you had more people joining on the back of the bike in Turkey than you did in say Ukraine back in sort of early December when you know you were slogging through headwinds on your own?
0: Yeah, yeah, I couldn't draft any help in. <laughs>
1: a bit of help on the back would have been great, I'm sure. What's the difference? Is it a difference in the country? Is it a difference in getting in touch with people to join? Or
0: I think one of the biggest differences has been that... Your route? No, meeting a few different people who are cyclists or are very well connected into the cycling community... And then know people who might want to join or people who know people. And that's something that really never got going in many of the other countries. Mm. But there have been some people who have absolutely got behind and said, oh, you should meet this person in Ankara and this person in Samsung," And then it all starts spiraling from there. So I think that's what I'm going to try and work out and emulate. So anyone who knows people in Georgia or Azerbaijan, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to share the bike with you.
1: Mm. I would have thought the fact that you can't speak Turkish would have definitely been a bit more of a limiting factor, whereas obviously you can speak Russian. I would have assumed that that would make it easier for you to make those sorts of contacts in Russian speaking countries.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't think it's straightforward. I, I think it would be possible in some ways a lot easier in, in Ukraine, but it, it didn't happen. The fact that it was cold, very cold um, <laughs> and pretty miserable probably had something to do with it.
1: No one else was quite as crazy as you were. Okay, so another question I've been asked by Mr. Daria on Instagram is, what's the best and the worst about Turkey? In your opinion, obviously.
0: Yeah, this is a really, really good question. And uh, I spent a lot of time thinking on the bike today about it. The best thing in Turkey, I, I want to say two things. One is short. Now, there's this phrase, which is a bit like bon appetit, that they say in Turkey. And they say, afiyet olsun. And it means like, you know, enjoy your food. And when one of the wonderful women or mothers who I've stayed with, given give me some food, and she's like, afiyet olsun. Now, what I really love is that the way they say it, they say, like, each syllable with such meaning and such intent, with a lot of gusto. It's affiettelsen. It's like, I really want you to enjoy this. (laughs) You know, like, I'm not just, (laughs) you know how you can say, like, bon appetit? No, no, it's like... Bon Appetit. Okay. It's great. I love it. I really love it. There's so much like warmth and love Meaning. behind that word. Now, the other thing that I really have loved about Turkey kind of comes as a surprise because I came to Turkey back in the end of December mm. into Istanbul. Yeah, It felt a little bit repressive compared to Ukraine that had been very free. And I didn't start by loving the country. Mm. I'll, I'll come clean here. But what has happened on a day-by-day basis is this huge body of incredibly kind acts by people from nowhere. And it's just kind of become this huge, massive evidence of just how kind people have been, okay. which is just unavoidable. And it's totally awesome.
1: Can you give us some examples?
0: Yeah, so yesterday I came into Trabzon and I was staying at a hotel and I was asking if I could have the bike inside the hotel and there wasn't space. And they was like, Oh, you could have it outside. I was like, No, it really needs to go inside. So the guy said, Okay, well, we you know, we can open up this garage and we can put it there, but we'll have to do it in an hour or so. And I was like, fine, great. That sounds awesome. So come back downstairs in an hour and my bike is gone. <laughs>
1: I'm what? Where's, it gone? Where's <laughs> oh, it gone?
0: No. And then the the receptionist guy he comes out and he, he he walks me past the garage where I I thought the bike was, to the shop that was two doors down, and the shop was closing up at five pm, and the receptionist had asked the shopkeeper if they could keep the bike there overnight, and they said yes, inside and a shop. So inside a shop, like a small kind of convenience store, and they just said yeah. So Chris spent a night next to the the chewing gum and the the crackers and the crisps, but just such a nice thing to do because this guy had nothing to do with the hotel and just said, yeah, sure, we'll keep the bike there. That's really kind. So that was really Mm. awesome. And then another thing that happened recently, I was just sitting on a bench by the Black Sea, just watching the waves. Mm. And this couple came up and they, they started talking a really beautiful couple, both sort of, you know, in stereotypical terms of beauty, but just like the warmth and love that they very clearly had for each other. And then just the cats around them for me, for nature, <laughs> they, they had literally about eight or nine cats following them around. They wow. came to this spot every day. And I guess they were like in their early thirties, something mm. like that. And, they said, oh, you know, you look a bit cold. Do you want some coffee? And it came out, you know, from, from nowhere. And I was kind of like, no, I'm, I'm fine. You know, don't worry about me. And they come out with this flask and pour me some coffee. And we have a very sort of small conversation with a bit of Google Translate. Before they go, they're like, we really want you to have this. And it's this Tupperware box full of mixed nuts, banana, clementine. Wow! And then they, and I was like, Taking the, uh, you know, eventually I was like, okay, thank you so much. I'll take the nuts out. And they're like, no, 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 keep the box as well. Just just keep it all. And I was like, so, so kind.
1: So has that been fueling you on your journey today?
0: It has been. It's been great.
1: (laughs) Excellent. That's because me, a slightly warm, fuzzy feeling inside. That people can be genuine and kind towards someone that they've never met and probably never going to see again. And yet that sort of human interaction is still there.
0: You're right. And it's not like those moments happen all the time when you travel. And it's not like they happen every day. But I do think they happen more often and they are really special.
1: Mm, No, Definitely. So Mm. when these little things happen, there's something to savor without a doubt. The best part sounds great. What about the worst?
0: Yeah, I've thought about this a lot and I could give some fairly basic answers of have fewer apartment blocks around, something Mm. like that. But actually, after sort of thinking, reflecting, one of the things I've noticed is that I've stayed in the homes of quite a few families mm-hmm. uh, who've been incredibly kind, looking after me and you know giving me a meal and would eat this amazing meal. And afterwards, we'd go and sit on the sofas. And the first thing that would happen is a TV would go on, get switched mm-hmm. on. And there would be a snooker game playing or some reality TV show in the background And everybody would be sort of not really watching the TV, but like not really participating in conversation either. To me, it was quite sad that almost it's the TV that sort of was getting in the way of actually having a conversation, having an interaction. It was all too easy for everyone and myself included Mm -hmm. to go, oh, I don't quite know how I'm going to answer that question. Or it just feels slightly awkward right now. Oh, what's going on in the TV? And I think it takes you out of that moment of just being part of, traveling and meeting new people, particularly with a language barrier and a cultural, cultural differences is kind of sitting with a small bit of discomfort. Mm. And I think a TV is a really easy way to sort of go, Oh, I'll just, I'll just look at the tennis right now. Mm. So many houses and people seem to spend a lot of time watching TV and having on the background. To me, that was one thing that struck me as something that wasn't wholly positive you know, there are loads of families in the UK and around the world that spend loads of time watching TV. Mm. I would love to hear from anyone listening to this from Turkey who has thoughts, whether you agree, whether you disagree. I would love to understand better where the culture of TV comes from in in Turkey and what it perhaps represents. Perhaps Mm. there's more to it than I've seen.
1: That would be interesting to know. But otherwise, what would you say your week on the bike's been like? Has it been easy going? Have you had company?
0: So, I really enjoyed my week on the bike. It's pretty flat. And I really enjoyed sharing the journey with Ibeg, who Mm -hmm. uh, is studying computer science at Samson University, about 23 years old. He's also a professional football referee. Okay. I think it's awesome. And Sarah, who I was staying with, said, (laughs) being a football referee in Turkey is probably the hardest and most thankless job he could think of.
1: Yeah, I don't think anyone ever likes the ref, do they?
0: No, and I think from what I've been told and seen of Turkish football, there's a lot of diving to the ground if someone even brushes you and that sort of thing. Anyway, so Ibeg also does a lot of cycling, and he agreed to join.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's kind of quite funny because Ibeg had a really difficult and unpleasant time on Chris because he's a tall guy; he's maybe okay. six foot one, six foot two, and he ended up being quite cramped. And yeah. He's a- <laughs> A lot of pain in his back. And then the saddle was quite soft and that was giving him a really sore bum. You know, some people absolutely love the saddle. For most people, the tandem dimensions are just fine. Mm. But particularly for more experienced cyclists when it comes to the saddle, you know, you want something pretty hard and solid between your legs. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. <laughs> you lost
0: me there. <laughs> I, I changed my own bike set up a little bit this week and it's made a huge difference so i've dropped the handlebars by about two inches which doesn't sound like much but what it's done is it's kind of brought my body further forward and Mm -hmm. more parallel with the ground what it's done is it's unlocked my glutes and before i was cycling with the front of my quads near my knees but now being further forward i've unlocked my glutes, which are the biggest muscle in your body, and I can—I mm-hmm. found this power that just I knew was there because it's how I ride on my road bike, but it just hasn't been here for a, a year. <laughs> it's a revelation, and I'm enjoying cycling so much more now. It is a game changer.
1: It's definitely quite a while you've—it's taken you to figure this one out. It's
0: true, and it seems really obvious, doesn't it? It's like yes. You, you have done this at any point in the last after your first
1: day on the bike you would think maybe have a tweak around with that
0: yeah but there's no one to tell you that's what's going to make the difference i've made plenty of other tweaks that haven't made so much of a difference
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and it just takes it takes time and experimentation to to get there
1: so hopefully you finally iterated to the perfect setup now
0: well i think there'll be more tinkering but i just thought that the tandem would never feel good to ride and so that's part of the reason why this is such a revelation it's like oh I can really feel like I'm using my legs and that's awesome because one of the things I love about cycling and you know love even more about running is it's like a whole body movement Mm -hmm. and so to feel like I was cycling but with only about 60% of my legs wasn't that satisfying but now I'm feeling like I'm engaging all my legs like it's yeah it's great
1: well I'm glad you discovered it now rather than in Beijing put it that way
0: Absolutely. That's not just a glass half full attitude, but it's bloody great there's a glass in the first place. Exactly. Um, And I'm doing this right. (laughs)
1: Exactly. So you're going along the Black Sea. Have you got in the sea?
0: Um, Have you gone for a swim yet? Not yet. I've got my toes wet when I went running (laughs) on the beach.
1: That does not count. (laughs) You know
0: that doesn't count. So Kate absolutely loves outdoor, wild swimming. Mm-hmm. I am a very reluctant participant, though I have done it from time to time. Yes. I need to before I exit Turkey. Okay, how, how's this for a deal? We'll catch up next week and we'll mm-hmm. find out whether I went for a swim and yes. how it was.
1: You can let us all know. So when we speak to you next week, where will you be? Will you have made it across the Turkish border?
0: Yes, hopefully. That is exciting. I will be in Georgia. And it's worth saying that I am very, very... Grateful and fortunate to be able to cross this border because it's not typical right now. Had some people from the Georgian government really get on board and make it possible. I think most cycle trips right now, they're just be told to bugger off. But I feel very, very fortunate that people have got on board and said, Okay, we're gonna we're gonna try and make this happen and get you into to Georgia.
1: Okay. This is sort of, you know, the end of end of the road, as it were, for Turkey for you.
0: It is. Yeah. Next week all being well i'll be in uh, georgia
1: for the next step
0: and the next leg yeah
1: so if you haven't heard your question tune in next week because we'll try and get through some more of the questions that you guys have sent in and you can hear where luke's got to when he's in georgia and whether he made it for a swim or not
0: absolutely i'm looking forward to finding that one out too and that was this week's episode i really hope that you enjoyed it and thanks so much for listening we put a lot of time into the podcast, so please do support us by subscribing, reviewing and rating. And please send in your questions that you have about any aspect of life on the road to Bristol to Beijing on social media. Until next week, goodbye. All right. Do you want to um see what's holding my mic right now?
1: What is your mic in? Your mic is in a smelly shoe.
0: It is in my cycling boot right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well because... if it works
0: it works and it works very well i left the stand at home because it was 500 grams too heavy so hmm. i always improvise with a coffee cup but there aren't any coffee cups where i am right now so it's my boot
1: if it holds it up right then
0: if it keeps it straight and up then that's enough
1: <laughs> exactly exactly I'm trying to think i have to start now <laughs>